Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Today, be getting into last night's Titans-Steelers matchup. What I learned from both teams, I think I learned quite a bit, honestly. Looking forward to breaking that one down. Then I continue on with Michigan sign-stealing allegations. This has really ramped up, I feel like, every day, every week. Uh, the past few weeks, what seems to come at Michigan is new, and we'll see if any of this sticks and anything happens like the Big Ten coaches want it to. Then after that, I give you my week nine NFL pick. So last night, I picked the Steelers. Already started 1-0. Love starting the week off 1-0. Give you some more picks for those games on Sunday. And then I give you my week 10 college football picks. I think college football especially. Week of upsets. A lot of heavy favorites. A lot of people on one line here. Like some of the dogs. Let's get into it. Let's get started with... Steelers, Titans. So last night I picked the Steelers. They won 2016. Reason I picked the Steelers is they were a low uh, total home favorite with Mike Tomlin. I like that. Uh, Kenny Pickett was playing, uh, and I thought if he was playing over Mitch Trubisky, they could get the win. Even with Nika Fitzpatrick out, I just thought Pittsburgh uh, could uh, get it done. So I'm going to talk about the winning team first. And Kenny Pickett. I thought played fine, but there's clearly limitations here because there's only one way Kenny Pickett and the Steelers win. It's middling, it's staying in the game, then it's scoring a fourth quarter touchdown to win the game and hoping your defense holds. That is the current Pittsburgh formula to win the game. So Kenny Pickett, to me, is not a great quarterback. He's not, to me, in the top... 15, top 20 discussion. But what he is, frankly, which is odd to me, because, again, he's not a great first-half quarterback. He's not a great quarterback overall. But he's a great fourth-quarter comeback. He loves game-winning drives, uh, not turning the ball over, uh, things like that. That's what Kenny Pickett does. So his numbers will never jump out of you uh, for you last night. Last night, 160 yards passing on 30 attempts. 19 completions, that's an average of 5 yards a completion. That's not that good. It really isn't. He had the one touchdown. So, again, Teddy Pickett isn't great. What they did have is two good running backs. Their uh, running game uh, outran, or their rushing attack outgained their passing offense. So, when you have 166 yards uh, combined from Jalen Warren, who looked really good yesterday, 8 yards a carry, Najee Harris, 69 yards himself for a touchdown. Calvin Austin on a jet sweep. Emotion play did well. You can win games like that when you have 300-plus uh, yards of total offense, and majority of those were on the ground. That's a good formula for a team like Pittsburgh to run the ground, don't turn the football over, have good defense, and that's what they did. They didn't turn the football over. They won. It was a good win for them. I was happy. Uh, pushed the right fantasy button yesterday. If you uh, have been starting Deontay Johnson, your efforts finally paid off. His first touchdown since Big Ben was throwing him the football yesterday. He looked good. Seven receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. One of his um, 
uh, routes that he ran and caught over a defender I thought was really impressive. And what I learned last night is Pittsburgh has a good team. They can make plays. They do. Uh, I like their weapons now. Are they the Chiefs? I mean, my bad. Are they the Bengals' weapons or the Lions or the Eagles or the Seahawks? No. But they're good winning weapons. Now, if they had a good quarterback, uh, this team would easily win their division because their defense is stout. And, again, the team surrounding Pickett is stout. Um, but it's hard to get a true assumption. He's kind of like a, a very similar to me about Brock Purdy, uh, minus the 49ers have more weapons. And I think Kenny Pickett is just a touch more talented than uh, Brock Purdy. But similar situations. Well, I also liked Matt Canada uh, as the offensive uh, play caller. Everybody's calling for Matt Canada to be canned. I thought he had a great uh, game plan yesterday, made some great calls. Kenny Pickett didn't deliver on every throw. Again, uh, the broadcasters, especially Kirk Kerbstreit, touched on this, is you can call up great play calls, but the players got to execute. There's just some that Kenny Pickett didn't execute. That's not on Kenny Pick, or that's not on Matt Canada. That's on Kenny Pickett. So I'm fine with um, this offense as long as you know you get the blame right and you dish it out fairly. I know they want Matt Canada fired, but it wasn't on him. A lot of those throws he got the win, so it's gonna brush both of them aside. But again, Kenny Pickett, I think, can deliver on quite a few more throws for being that first round quarterback that he was picked as. So, Matt Canada on the sideline, I like a lot more. I just like coordinators on the line or on the sideline more than I do up in the booth. I just do. I think you get a better feel uh, for the game. Your quarterback, you're able to talk to him face-to-face in person. I always prefer that sort of communication over what essentially is a phone call, um, talking in a headset. So, yeah, uh, they can keep that up. Uh, Steelers halfway through the season, five and three through eight games. That's that's a pretty good mark to be at at this spot for the Steelers. Not a lot of people had them at five and three, myself included. But they surprise you, well coached team. They're five and three. Now let's switch to the Titans. So the Titans didn't get the win, lost on a drive at the end. Uh, Will Levis threw a turnover right around the red zone area, um, lost the game there. But what I learned last night, and really through two games, Will Levis is better than Kenny Pickett. I wonder how he dropped to the second round. I, I mean, I don't wonder because he does some – he's a little cocky, does some weird things off the field with his bananas and mayonnaise that, you know, you just go, really, really, dude? But he is really good. He made – some great throws yesterday. Just the look of his throws, too. He just throws a, a pretty uh, football, great spiral, like his mechanics, too. Um, didn't throw a touchdown, but aired it out 262 yards um, for him passing yesterday. Uh, took four sacks, uh, was able to elude a little bit because this offensive line, it's one of the worst in the league, and we had a couple more O-linemen go out yesterday. So it was... It was tough for Will Levis, again, facing a great defense. But the team, Derrick Henry, they were able to run the ball 105 yards. I like Will Levis. Um, is able to really get the ball 
to a lot of people. He is really uh, targeted D-Hop, which I think is great that he is the number one uh, option on the team. I do feel that at times, again, the Kirk alluded to this yesterday, a little one read at the position looking at D-Hop. You know, he had some checkdowns early, and I just think that'll be with time and progression. He'll make those, but he is getting really everyone involved when they ask you to throw 39 times in Pittsburgh primetime game. Um, they trust you, and I think Will Levis is the tight ends guy for the foreseeable future. I've seen enough. He's better than Ryan Tannehill right now in the stages of their career, so let's just stop with that. Let's not roll with uh, Tannehill anymore. Let's keep it with Will Levis. Um, he was better than Kenny Pickett. Yes, he threw that one interception that killed the drive yesterday, but we, we've seen enough. Will Levis, he's a great quarterback. And I think he's going to continue and evolve and continue to be great. So Pittsburgh got the win yesterday. That's what I picked. That's what I had. Start off a week 1-0. Love to see it. Now let's move on to college football. In particular, before I get to any picks, just want to talk about Michigan. So, this whole thing is um, very, very interesting. Um, And I think, honestly, it's getting out of hand um, because you had the coaches get on a, a call. I believe it was a weekly Big Ten call. It was Wednesday, and Jim Harbaugh got off, and the rest of them, you know, bashed Michigan. And the sign stealing and demanded the Big Ten take action against them. But to me, this is so weird because there's been other things happen within the college football realm, and nobody gets on calls and demands teams and demands this that they want the coach suspended or fired or action taken against them. Everybody is usually fine with letting the investigation take place. The NCAA is investigating Michigan. So however long this investigation takes uh, to gather all their facts, to come to a proper conclusion. So the pressure to me, it's sort of a joke. And to me, this is such a bigger deal than than really what it needs to be. It is sign stealing. Now, some of the coaches and ADs are complaining about it could hurt our players. No one got hurt. Of course, players are going to get hurt in football, but you're not at a higher risk. For injury, this isn't Bounty Gate of the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton. It just isn't. This is nowhere close to Bounty Gate or uh, some of the charges that were against Bill Self or Rick Pitino in Louisville. So for college basketball and their college infractions, it's just a joke. And uh, what it means to me is they're just kind of afraid of Michigan. They don't know how good Michigan is. Uh, Michigan didn't need sign stealings to beat Michigan State 49-0 to or Rutgers by 24, anything like that. To me, it is all a joke. Now, what is making this more interesting, this game tomorrow night, which, again, I initially thought wasn't going to be interesting, watch some of the game because, again, I'm a Michigan fan, but what I will have on is majority – LSU-Alabama, just a better game. But then the Purdue head coach, 
decided to run his mouth uh, yesterday and today about the program of Michigan. He said it's, and I quote, head coach of Purdue, his name is Ryan Walters. He said, and I quote, it's unfortunate. What's crazy is they weren't allegations. It happened. There's video evidence. There's ticket purchases and sales that you can track back. We know for a fact they were at a number of our games, so we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of some signals. We will operate differently offensively. You might see us in a huddle for the first time this season. It is what it is. We're excited to go play. End of quote. So there's been no proof that anybody from Michigan was of the Purdue game. I think the only one I saw was the Central Michigan Michigan State game or something like that where there was a guy in glasses and a hat and you could not tell for 100% certain if it was Connor Stallions or another Midwest white dude. You know that a lot of them look the same, okay? Uh, so I don't like hearing that. Uh, the other thing is, is AR allegations. It's not, yeah, you can, there's a paper trail of Venmo and SeatGeek, but really, um, there's no cam on him for Purdue games. There's nothing that's come out, at least to the public knowledge, where we can say definitively that, hey, they were at all Purdue's games. We don't need to scout Purdue. We don't. You can change all your signals, and like they said, they've changed their signals. They're operating their offense dif- differently. Guess what? It won't matter. You think now that since this has come to light and think, um, you know, Michigan uh, is cheated or they've done something wrong, you think you're going to catch them by surprise tomorrow? I highly doubt that. They got film on you and what to do. You're not changing up the whole offensive game plan. The computers were stolen from Michigan, whatever signs they have stolen. Obviously, they no longer have, and if they did, they have far deleted them and won't be able to use them this Saturday, tomorrow. Connor Stallions is suspended. There won't be any sign-stealing advantage tomorrow. What is going to happen is a can of whoop, you know what, is going to be opened on Purdue. So this line has stayed around the same of 32 and a half. I believe it is the biggest point spread of the weekend for a top 25 team. I don't think any of them, I'm my bad, Tennessee is a 35-point favorite. That's the biggest one. Michigan's two against Purdue at 32 and a half. So before, I was kind of leery, but guess what? Michigan just beat Michigan State 49-0. to It was in Michigan State hostile environment. Jim Harbaugh said, leave no doubt. A week after a bye, usually there's some, you know, you get back into the routine. You had the rest of the week off. I don't think this is going to detour Michigan at all. I don't think they're going to settle or play poorly or play down to Purdue. As Jim Harbaugh says, don't leave any doubt. They are going to absolutely hammer Purdue. They are going to run up the score on Purdue. Now, I thought Michigan could have gone for 50, got the 50 last week, gone for two, but that wasn't Jim Harbaugh style. I think the players, J.J. McCarthy, might push it going into the fourth quarter here because this game will far be over. But Michigan is going to annihilate Purdue off the face of the map. 
They are going to wish that produce a wish that they are no longer going to be in the Big Ten to face Michigan on a basis. And next year it'll be even tough when more tough teams come into the conference because Purdue is the laughing stock of the Big Ten. They are a trash team in the Big Ten. They are an insignificant speck in the Big Ten. Yes, did they compete for a Big Ten title uh, last year? Yes, they did. But no doubt, Michigan destroyed them. And they're going to destroy them tomorrow. Leave no doubt, mark my words, that game will not be close. Sorry, Purdue. Michigan is just better than you. What you are, what a lot of coaches are, are afraid of how good Michigan is. And to me, it's funny that some of these current Big Ten coaches are saying it, but other national coaches outside of uh, Lou Holtz, who Lou Holtz, I think, might uh, have the same opinion of you now as Ryan Day, you know, has. But Urban Meyer has said that this is a, you know, a joke. He doesn't really believe it. He said, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, another one down for LSU, said it's a joke. Nick Saban uh, said that let's present a solution and get some uh, technology to where we can speak to the players within the helmets. Kirby Smart says, yeah, they didn't have our signals. So, yeah, a lot of coaches outside of the Big Ten don't view it in the same breath that some of these Big Ten coaches are doing it. But that's fine because the rest of the Big Ten will continue to get that work the rest of the year. Enough on that. Now let's move on to my week nine NFL picks. Quite a few good games on this weekend. Tough picks for some of them. Starting with the one in Germany. Dolphins, Chiefs, both teams are 6-2. and two. This, to me, is a coin flip game. Uh, initially, I do want to pick Miami. I could see myself picking back to Kansas City because, again, I think it will be close. Um, I think it's going to be close for a number of reasons. Close, and I think if it's a close low-scoring game, the Chiefs are going to win. If it's a close high-scoring game, the Dolphins excuse me, are going to win. I like the Dolphins mainly because the Chiefs haven't faced an offense like the uh, Dolphins yet. Uh, They faced the Lions early in the year. Uh, They lost to them. Um, And since then, they haven't faced uh, such a high-powered offense uh, so far. Uh, Whereas Miami, we've talked about them against uh, good teams, have got worked. They got worked by the Eagles and the Bills, and here we are playing the Chiefs. So what's going to give RB Dolphins and Chiefs going to first going to get their first, I think, marquee win of the season? And I think it could go to the Dolphins because, as Tyreek Hill said, they're going to get this work. And I believe them. Uh, yes, they have Trent McDuffie and Legereus Need. I'm not as high on them as others are. And uh, it doesn't matter who's lined up on Tyreek. He's got a 1,000 yards. He's almost got as much yards as the Chiefs wide receivers have combined this season. He has more touchdowns than the Chiefs wide receivers do combined this season. He is that guy. He is that speed. It doesn't matter which corner is lined up on him. He will burn them. Uh, he will have the advantage with the safety, too. Coming over the top, if Tua throws a perfectly placed football, this could be a long day. 
for the Chiefs. Uh, what the Chiefs are going to have to rely on is Chris Jones up the middle or on the edge rushing uh, Tyreek Hill. That is where their edge is going to be. Another thing for the Dolphins as well, Jalen Ramsey came back last week. To me, looked pretty good. This week, Xavier Howard is active, so they'll have their two corners as well. Um, the game plan is going to be to stop Travis Kelsey, so you have an interesting matchup here. You have Travis Kelsey, uh, or my bad, you have Tyreek Hill kind of coaching up the Miami defense. I tell him about certain things with Mahomes and Kelsey to try to stop them. And then you have the Chiefs defensive coordinator who practiced against uh, Tyreek Hill for a long period of time. Does he have what it takes to stop Tyreek Hill? So I think it's going to be a real chess match. It's going to be a fantastic game. Looking forward to it. I'm picking the uh, Dolphins. But again, this is that coin flip game where it could go either way. I really do. Chiefs started off, I believe, as a higher point favorite, two, two and a half. Uh, round one and a half now. I think the Dolphins could upset the Chiefs this weekend. So far, I like them. Minnesota and Atlanta. Give me Atlanta. Last week, I picked against the Vikings. Shouldn't have done that. But they got Josh Dobbs. Obviously, they haven't punted on the season yet, but still no Justin Jefferson. Uh, but Arthur Smith is fired up about starting uh, Taylor Heineke. I think Heineke is better than Desmond Ritter. He proved that with the Commanders. I think he's going to come in with a great attitude and lead the Falcons to a win. I think he's going to get Drake London involved, Kyle Pitts. He'll run the football with Bijan Robinson. I think this is a good football team that's going to beat up the Vikings. I do. Um, again, I think Taylor Heineke's better than Desmond Ritter. I'm surprised he had the start. As long as he did, because he's not that guy, uh, you're going to have to draft a quarterback, because I don't think Heineke is that guy. But we've seen Heineke play and come up in big spots before and beat good teams like the Philadelphia Eagles last year and compete against Tom Brady in a playoff game. Uh, we never seen that with Desmond Ritter, and I doubt we ever will. That's why I'm picking the Falcons in this game to improve to 5-4. and four. Arizona versus Cleveland. Cleveland, big 10-point favorites. Deshaun Watson will start, is coming back this weekend. Doesn't look like Kyler Murray will play. He might be active, which they'll need, but it looks like Clayton Toon will be getting the start with uh, Kyler not playing, with Josh Dobbs being traded. So Clayton Toon, first start, is at the Dog Pound this year, home of the Cleveland Browns away game. Best defense in the NFL. Miles Garrett uh, looking to have a day. Um, Arizona's offensive line's been horrid. Haven't really been able to uh, block much. And now with Miles Garrett coming in there, tall task to try to get Clayton Tune uh, any help, block, get out of there. It's going to be a rough day for the Cardinals. Browns will get the win this weekend. Next, Rams in Green Bay. Interesting matchup here. Two five-loss teams going at it. Rams, who's going to be their quarterback uh, with Matt Stafford dealing with a thumb injury? Will he play? Will he not? Questions there. Packers uh, just ever since their 2-0 start, they've lost five in a row. Haven't looked good at all. Uh, I shouldn't say they've lost five in a row. 
but they've lost four in a row. We've lost five out of their past um, six games. They haven't played good. Haven't looked good. Jordan Love, again, is struggling. Um, I like the Rams in this one, but, again, this is just two injury-riddled teams, injury-riddled rosters, a lot of uncertainty. But give me the team that has Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup over a team that has, you know, Jordan Reed or whoever is the number one Packers guy or right now. Uh, the best wide receivers, Dobbs and Watson, haven't got action with love at the quarterback position. Washington versus New England. I'm on New England for this one um, because Washington kind of sold off, got rid of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, kind of, I don't know, tanking it might seem like, even though I think Sam Howell is honestly right now better than Matt Jones. Um, both, you know, throwing eight interceptions, but Sam Howell, Sam Howell to me just looks better in terms of pocket presence, quarterback throwing the football. Uh, but I believe just with Washington selling some pieces, I believe New England gets the win this weekend. I think it's a close game. It helps that it's in New England. New England wins a close one. Sam Halla, however, still outperforms Mac Jones. Next, Chicago, New Orleans. Give me the Saints. This has another blowout like the Browns and Cardinals does. Written all over it. Derek Carr has put up three consecutive games with 300 yards. Has looked impressive in the last three games, even though they haven't all resulted in wins. Alvin Kamara has been sensational since his return from suspension. Chris Olave, a good wide receiver. And Chicago's still rolling out. Um, Tyler Banjan, it seems like, with Justin Fields. Uh, still injured. Looks like, again, he'll be out this game. So give me the Saints. Saints rising up the defensive ranks. Top 10 defense. Uh, very solid unit, I believe, in New Orleans. Tough place to play. New Orleans Saints get the win here. Improved to 5-4, and four, and hey, they were my division pick. Started off not so strong. Now it's definitely in contention. Next, Seattle-Baltimore. Now this is a tricky one. Uh, if it was in Seattle, closer uh, point spread, I would probably pick the Seahawks in this one. Uh, but with the line kind of rising, you know, going from 5, 5.5 to now 6, give me Lamar. Uh, beating the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, clearly, a lot of people like Baltimore in this one. I as well. Another thing I like is that NFC teams like the Cardinals, uh, like the Seahawks, are 17, or Lamar is 17 and 1 against NFC opponents such as the Seahawks. So I believe Lamar, who has outplayed uh, Geno so far this year, I believe will uh, play him again uh, this year. Uh, Baltimore has struggled. Again, with teams that have played him a lot and in their own conference. Again, home doesn't matter because, again, they lost the Colts one at home. Uh, lost to the Steelers. They had a tough time with. But teams that don't really play him a lot, guess what? They win. They have beat the Lions. They have beat the Ravens. Or, my bad, the Ravens have beat the Lions. They have beat the Cardinals. Um, now they're playing the Seahawks, their third straight NFC team. I think they get a third straight win. Um Baltimore gets a win here. Very impressive start to your career against 17-1 against NFC teams. I believe that will be 18-1 this weekend. Next, Tampa Bay-Houston. 
this year, another close game so far. I've only picked one upset in Dolphins, and I'm not 100% sure on that one. I like the upset here um, with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they have to get on the right track. I think they'll be targeting uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin more. Um, you know, Houston looked great. Not that CJ Stroud hasn't been great. He's still been good. But the team is sort of struggling a bit. And I think Tampa Bay knows this is a must win for them to keep pace with Falcons and Bucks. Big middle of a pack game season. I like the Bucks in this one to beat the Texans. Indy and Carolina. Actually, I like this upset too. I like Carolina. Gardner Minshew has not won a game he has started this season. Don't like that stat. Um, Colts, so nervous about that one where Carolina, guess what? This is the Frank Reich revenge game. I'm all about revenge games. That's kind of been my thing. I believe Frank Reich will get revenge on his former team. It helps if they won last week. He handed off play callings to VOC. Doesn't have that pressure. Bryce Young had his best game of the season. Subsequently, the Panthers did and Subsequently, they won. I believe they win two in a row. Sometimes you see that with a team that starts off bad. Uh, they find their mojo midseason, string off a couple of wins. I believe that's what Carolina does here. They get another one against the Colts. Las Vegas and the Giants. This, to me, close, close game. This, I could go either way. I'm initially picking the uh, Raiders because... You got Josh McDaniels out of a bit, uh, the uh, team. You got fired offensive coordinator, GM. Everybody looks happy now. Hunter Renfro uh, said they're not walking on eggshells. They can be themselves. Devontae said he's going to run through a brick wall for the new head coach. Good vibe is just much better, I believe, when your vibes are better. You win football games, and I believe Las Vegas beats a struggling Giants team. Even if Daniel Jones comes back, this team just – Bad offensively, and Saquon hasn't looked Saquonian this year. Dallas-Philadelphia. I'm picking Philly. Again, this is a tough one because you want to look back on past matchups. Historically, Dak has owned the Eagles. But last year when the Eagles were their best, we didn't get a Dak versus Jalen Hurts matchup. Uh, First game that they played, uh, Philly at home played against a backup. Uh, in Cooper Rush. Second time they played in Dallas, Dak played against the backup in Gardner Minshew. So it's tough on picking Philly just because they're at home in Philly. Uh, But this is another game where I think the Cowboys could win this game because he's comfortable as a starter in division. This will be a great game this weekend. And lastly, Buffalo-Cincinnati. Give me Cincy blowout. A lot of people are uh, expecting a lot of points between these two teams. High-scoring affair. Guess what? That's what we thought playoff game last year and going into the Monday night game last year. I just don't think that's the case. I think the Bengals can lock down Josh Allen. I do think the Bengals will score a lot of points, and they absolutely route them. We're Again, I'm sold on the Bengals. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick. Joe Burrow is back. He looked great. He just carved up the Niners. If he can carve up the Niners in Santa Clara, he might as well throw up a perfect 30-for-30 game against the Bills Sunday night at home. Who day? Let's go Cincy. Those are my Week 9 picks. You get them. 
Some of them I like a lot more than the others. Can't wait to discuss them on Monday next week. But let's now finish off with my Week 10 college football picks. Some great matchups here this weekend. First, Texas A&M, Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss. They're still in a position to win the SEC. Uh, They can still do it. It starts with a big game here this weekend. Uh, Huge benefit is they're at home. I think Ole Miss Rebels uh, get the win and prove to 8-1. Notre Dame, Clemson. So Clemson absolutely struggling right now. 4-4. Notre Dame beats them and sends them to 4-5. And and Clemson's bowl eligibility is in doubt. I mean, they have lost um, their last two games. Uh, close games they could have won, but they lose this one here, and they still have North Carolina on the schedule. Doesn't look promising for them. Uh, I believe Notre Dame dominates this team. Notre Dame's played really well this year. Next upset, here we go. Kansas State, Texas. So Texas, Quinn Ewers is not playing. I believe Murphy, the backup, he looked good last week. Not great, not amazing. I believe Kansas State gets a win. They're 6-2. and two. Secret, a lot of people are on Texas right now. But, hey, tough team, Kansas State. Reigning Big 12 champions, no one's talking about. Give me Kansas State. Next, another upset. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Give me Oklahoma State. The last bedlam edition for a while between these two teams. Uh, Mike Gundy, coach for Oklahoma State, has just gone off on Oklahoma and I believe, again, this is a revenge weekend. They're going to make a statement and beat the Sooners and knock them out of the CFP race. I believe this officially eliminates the Big 12 this weekend. Next, James Madison versus Georgia State. Georgia State's impressive 6-2. and two. But James Madison, you look at their stats, they have one of the best defenses in the country. Not Michigan level. Again, they haven't played the opponents. But they're 8-0. and oh. I like James Madison to win this game. Next, Kansas-Iowa State. Kansas coming off a big win against Oklahoma. Usually you have a downer the following week. But Kansas, if they win and the other two scenarios play out, they still have a shot to get to the Big 12 title game. I like Kansas to focus and win this game. Next, another upset, Washington-USC. A lot of talk about this game. A lot of people rolling with Washington because we've seen the USC defense the past three weeks. They've lost two out of their last three back-to-back games. They just beat California by one point. Defensively haven't looked good. But Washington has struggled offensively, surprisingly, in the past few games. This game has ended the Coliseum. I like USC to get their signature win this week. Upset the Huskies. Give me the Trojans. Next, LSU versus Alabama. Give me the ups to LSU. A lot of people not respecting LSU. Their defense uh, the past few games after a bad start to the season has really improved. Jada Daniels has been a top three quarterback just this season. So far, he's been fantastic. Alabama, uh, this to me is a true test for them. I believe they lose. Eliminates Alabama. And then we have an interesting SEC West scenario where Alabama – LSU and Ole Miss all have one loss, all to each other. Uh, SEC West, very similar to the Big Ten East, I believe. LSU gets the win this weekend. Then Miami-NC State, I believe Miami wins, improves to 7-2. and two. 
And lastly, UCLA, Arizona. Last week, I picked Oregon State as the upset for as he win. Arizona upset them Pac-12 after dark. We get another U of A matchup at home. Homecoming, Gronk will be there. Uh, UCLA, I think, is good defensively, but offensively, don't love them. So that's why I'm rolling with Arizona. Offensively, they're better. Fafita, the home team. Give me the Wildcats. Tucson, let's rep. Those are my picks. There you have it. Let's see how I stack up and how I do when I come back so far this season. If you want to know how I've done so far with just NFL and my college picks that I've given you on my podcast every week, NFL, I am an impressive 82 and 40. Like those metrics, and in college, I am 52 and 38. Not as impressive as I was last year. A lot of close calls, but we'll see. We still have more, four more weeks to the season uh, to make up some ground. Let's finish strong. This has been Unbothered. Hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you guys next week. Bye, everybody.